millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Good evening, Gabby. Good evening, CC, and welcome on to our weekly podcast, The Current View, with the Island of Hillsborough, Mr. Terry Curran. And if you're listening to the first half free on either Acast or Spotify, you can follow the links on our socials and access the full podcast via Apple or become a Patreon on www.patreon.com forward slash SRB Media. Or follow the podcast on Twitter at Current View or on Facebook, The Current View. Or join our group, which thanks to TC now is over 2.7 thousand strong. Thank you so much for your support. It's greatly appreciated. How's things, pal? Not too bad, Gabby. Not too bad. Waiting for the football tonight. Yep, you're sounding a bit distant. Where are you today? Come in the kitchen out of the way because the boys are watching. Oh, okay. What What's on? What they're watching? Well, they've been watching the uh, Africans nation. I think they're watching Tottenham Chelsea game now until the until football comes on. Yeah, I'm I don't ups- know whether they're going to watch the African Nations at seven o'clock or the or the English uh, Premier League, Southampton and Brentford. But they're in, in room, so they're downstairs. So yeah, it's wall to wall football. TC, I've got it on <laughs> upstairs as well. It's the uh, the highlights of Chelsea versus Spurs, the first yeah, that's, leg. That's what they're yeah. watching at the moment. Yeah. So TC, we always start on our magic moments. What have you sourced for us this week? Well, as usual, I say it every week, but it's true that there's that many to choose from. But I'm going to go for Shrewsbury. I hope I pronounce these names right. Go on. But the first, the first ball out, I'm not quite sure who, 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 who knocked it out to the, to uh, or better. But one of the either defenders or the midfield players knocked a 30, 40 yard pass right out to, to left hand side. Or better controlled it, great control, and he's put a ball in between. Uh, the centre back and the goalkeeper for U- Udoa. Udoa, is it? I have Scott. no idea. I, I didn't watch the game. A per- brilliant goal, Gabby. W- worth having a look at. Worth yeah. Having a look. In fact, I w- I'll post that upon our um, uh, current view because obviously, really, at any level of football, a great goal. Superb. We're going to be talking about Liverpool. I don't see how Liverpool couldn't fulfil a fixture uh, against. Arsenal on the Thursday, but could fulfil a fixture against Shrewsbury on the Sunday. Uh, Klopp's come out with, they were all false positives, apart from Trent Alexander-Arnold. I just smell absolute bullshit. Uh, I personally would kick him out of the League Cup, but I do want your opinion a little bit later in Topics of the Week. Uh, anything else you uh, source TC? You usually go for one and, and define that one magic moment. Well, again, I, I watched I've watched the, a good a good chunk of the highlights of the Newcastle game and terrific performance. Yeah. I mean, when you get these the when you get these teams like Cambridge, um, Boreham Wood is it Boreham Wood? Yeah, Boreham Wood beat Wim, uh, Wimbledon. Reading uh, got beat by Kidderminster. Yeah. Kidderminster. Yeah. So. Mm. 
those three clubs, what a, what a great achievement for Cambridge to go up there, when, especially when they just signed a £12 million player. Yeah. You know, they've got the backing of 350 350 million, and I know you know they've only signed one player at the moment in time. But the faces on the owners of Newcastle, and by the way, uh, they've been entitled to be when they're paying that kind of money, they've been entitled to better performances. So, what I would like, like to do is, is praise all three of those. Um, who's got the one with West Ham? Is it uh, Kidderminster? Uh, Kidderminster have drawn West Ham at Agborough. I believe they did in 1994 when they knocked us out of the uh, FA Cup in the third round. John but, Purdy scored the goal. Uh, right, the, the, brilliant. It was, yeah, it was, it was Bucky I've just recently read. Yes. I, I do interact with him occasionally on the, on Facebook, so he'll be on the moon with that, uh, as us footballers would say. Absolutely. What a great draw that is. You know... Gonna gonna get a right few quid out of it, which probably could help that football club for a year, maybe yeah. two years. Yeah. And I mean, uh, who's the one? I think Boreham got um, Bournemouth. Why Bournemouth? Yeah. And I don't know who Cambridge got. I didn't. I can't remember that one. No, I but, must admit, I didn't notice that. Well, they are great results for them to get into the next round, and you know, and that's all. I mean, if if Cambridge could have got. And Man United, obviously, they kept in it only through, I think... VAR. Because I'm lucky. Well, you can go on VAR you can, with a bit of unlucky as well as that. Mm. Uh, Man United aren't performing at all at the moment in time. But to see those three clubs going through, right, uh, and it helps that, that football club. I mean, I mean, that's what the FA Cup's all about, isn't it? Yeah. Getting, uh, getting money into these lower league clubs, attracting a... Hoping that they get pulled out against the, one of the elite clubs in the league uh, and helping them out, you know, which could help them out for two seasons, maybe three seasons in some cases. It all depends who, who, who the draw. But they're my magic moments, Gabby. Absolutely. Yeah. Th- when you get a chance, have a look at that Strawberry's first goal. Will do. I think it's, you know, as you progress into the FA Cup, you get uh, more money. Uh, prize money I think that you also probably get more money TV money but I think that there's an argument that in the earlier rounds you should get more money because it's the teams that need it more whereas in the further rounds the teams actually don't need that money so again there's an argument and there was a big criticism of the BBC not putting uh, more non-league or or lesser clubs on the, uh, the, uh, the channels for us to watch I get, I get it with the ITV because they're commercial. The BBC it is a public uh, broadcaster after all. And possibly, again, with hindsight, when you look at what happened for uh, for Cambridge and for Boreham Wood and for Kidderminster, Agborough would have been a great place to put the cameras. But I do think they will be there in the fourth round against West Ham. Uh, yeah, I'll agree with that 100%. Mm. You know, we should always, we should always be trying to help the smaller club. Yep. Should be, you know, because at the end of the day, we, we want to see our, our four leagues survive because it is a powerful uh, system what we have in this country. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, and it's valuable for the progression of the players and every player that, well, most of the players that play at the elite level started at a club, 
that wasn't at the elite level. And never should we forget how important that football pyramid and how special it is in England. My magic moments, TC. Kidderminster's win against Reading. And I love the celebrations in the dressing room after. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Brilliant, yeah, brilliant. And, and that's the, the wonderful thing about social media, that we can record those celebrations as well as the goals. So, well done to Kidderminster. Uh, Devante Cole's goal for uh, Barnsley. It was the third goal. I mean, 5-4. What a game. That was some cracking goals. Barnsley versus Barrow. But Devante Cole, it's uh, Andy Cole's nipper. Yes. Well, when you look at when you look at when you look at it, uh, a championship team against uh, a League Two team, yeah. two deluxe, get a man sent off. Yeah. You know. Um, I don't know what's happening. Can you hear me? Yep. You're still when in. You get a, league, a League Two team against the uh, a championship team against a League Two team. Yeah. Get a man sent off to two two nil down and to come back. To four four and yeah. only lose it in extra time. Yeah, uh, but uh, it's, it's an incredible result for them. It, it, for me, poor by Barnsley, but I watched Barnsley against um, West Brom the other week, and I, and I thought that was a poor game. Yeah, but again, uh, the son of Ashley Cole, of Andy Cole. So at the end of the day, it's great to see even even you know ex players, uh, their lads coming through. Uh, if they're half as good as the dads, you know uh, they'll have a good career. Absolutely. So well done, uh, Devante Cole. But my magic moment goes to uh, Jordan Gibson, Gibby. His goal for Carlisle United against Bradford. An absolute worldie. And, and a kid that um, my stepdaughter went to school with uh, with Gibby. We've had a few stayovers of Gibby in the uh, in, what, in about the one, what about the one uh, Banks is against Barrow? Did you see that free kick? Yeah, it's a great goal. Great His goal. dad used to ball like that. His dad. Right, okay. He it like a rocket. Sorry, Gabby. So go on. No, again, again, there's been so many great goals. And that game in particular, Barnsley versus Barrow, there were some cracking goals. Mind you, I've got to say, TC, I don't know who lined that wall up because it was the worst wall I've ever seen. I mean, it was just a complete waste of time, that wall being there. And I think Listen. there's an argument if the ball is about 30, 35 yards out, don't bother having a wall, let the player have a free shot at my goalkeeper, and if he puts it in from that distance, good luck to him. You lot make you lot make me laugh, you non-players. Go on. You know, nine times out of ten, if I'd have been in that game and I'd have been in that wall and he got through us and he got into the net, and, and no no doubt, Big Jack Jout would have come in absolutely ranting and rave, raving. And I'd have said to him, you stand in front. Let that ball hit you because it went like a it went like a tornado. Oh, it did. But the, but the wall wasn't even lined. Up I know, probably, I know. But it, it was incredible. One, you know, when you look at the goal, you go line up the wall. You're thinking, why would you line that wall up there? It's crazy. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, I wouldn't stand in a wall and have that ball shot at me. Um, I think they I think they must be crackers. To stay. It's almost like them cricket players. You know, when they're fielding. Silly mid on oh. and stupid positions, and you're thinking, why on earth would I want to sit there or well stand there rather, and uh, in front of a, a, a cricket ball that's going to be smashed at me or well, a rocket shot from the a chaser? The only thing I can think of is is that the captain doesn't like that play and he puts him there, <laughs> hoping he's going to get injured. <laughs> 
<laughs> it must do. It absolutely must do, TC. So those are my three magic moments. And uh, Gibby looks as though he's uh, finding a little bit of form. He, he's had one or two clubs, but I think the con commentary said it was his fifth goal of the season. So uh, well done, young man. And against his former club, Bradford, as well. Always yeah. nice to score against your former uh, employers, isn't it, TC? Well, it is. Well, it was in my day, but yeah. nowadays people don't seem want, want to celebrate. I, I would have celebrated. Yes. Yeah. You know, I would have meant if, if I'd have had to play. I've never played against Sheffield Wednesday, me, you know. Right. If I'd have had to play against Sheffield Wednesday, I would have gone. And people might not like me for saying this, but I, I would have faked an injury, and I've never faked an injury in my life. Yeah, Oppie said that when he um, he was going to play against Birmingham. He, well, he did play, but he, he kind of went off at half time. <laughs> It must be difficult when you're playing against the team that you absolutely love and you are died in the wall, Sheffield Wednesday. And to score a goal against your club must be very, very difficult. Well, I've never, I've never done it. I've never yeah, played against. Absolutely. Them, I, I, I don't. Well, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have played. Yeah. I'd, I'd, make, I'd, have got, I'd have gone down with it. I'd have faked an injury, and I'm not. You know. When, when I when I came out at first division to play at to Sheffield Wednesday, we played at some places like, well, we played up at Carlisle. We played down at Exeter and all these Newports. When Newports pitch were an absolutely pig style of a, of, a, of a field, you know what I mean? It is now, isn't it? But I never, I never, I never ever missed those games ever. Yeah. But uh, I, I wouldn't like to play against and score against the team who I, I support. I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have liked that. No, it must be very difficult. Book Corner and Association TC with myfootballbooks.com and uh, some brilliant football books out there. I'm doing a podcast Thursday night with Andy. We're going to record it Thursday. It will be out at the beginning of next week. I love getting together with Andy um, for an hour or 90 minutes just talking football books. He's an absolute font of knowledge and a wonderful newsletter that he presents every month and on his uh, social medias, Facebook and and uh, Twitter puts out some fantastic books. And I look at them and go, oh, I'll, I'll buy that. I'll have that. Uh, Get It On is uh, the first pick uh, this week. How the 70s Rocked Football by John Sperling. John's contacted me uh, to see if I'll do a podcast with him. And uh, absolutely, of course, I will. The 70s is my era. So any book that comes out of the 70s, uh, I'm on it like a... Uh, like Terry Curran's getting onto that through ball, he goes around the goalkeeper, goes on his hands and knees, and he heads it into the goal and gets a bollocking from Jack Charlton. <laughs> well, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be buying a book. I'm gonna be buying a book next week. Uh, Red Card Roy. Uh, I've had some great uh, reviews, reports about it, so I'm, I'm gonna be buying that. So yeah. I'm, yeah, he played for uh, Birmingham amongst a Birmingham, load of other yeah. clubs, didn't he, uh, Roy? I yeah. think he was only a kid. But what is it? Twenty-three red cards that uh, most that, red cards, yeah. That, that Roy got, yeah. Oh, I mean, he, he won't take any nonsense, won't Roy? No, and he don't take much no sure? nonsense I, on I, Facebook. Sure. <laughs> they were all the same. Well, there are, but there were a bunch of nutcases, weren't they? Really, that Birmingham City team. But seventies, uh, how the seventies rocked football. I mean, it was a great era of football, a great decade of. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Football and get it on uh, was number one, I think, July through to August. So, Pretty much at the beginning, or the you know the the um, pre-season friendlies, T Rex were number T-Rex, one. Said you got T Rex to get it on, yeah. Yeah, in nineteen seventy-one, I believe, without looking through my files. You know, Mark Boland is is related to um, yeah, Silks. It's a second Silks. cousin, isn't it, or something? Yeah, yeah he's a, yeah, something cousin. I know he's related to him. Yeah. There's also um, a, a link to Alan Hudson because I think when Hudson got um, got smashed. Uh, by that car, I've got no idea. It was the same road that Mark Bowling had his car crash on as well. So yeah, um, but what a band they were, weren't they? T Rex, great band. Looks yeah. like it's going to yeah. be a great book. Well, another another tragedy really when he put out, you know, for a a superstar today. I mean, because he was a superstar at that time. Oh, absolutely, uh, yeah, absolutely. It, it was it was a tragedy. Yeah. I think but, in number, uh, I think in seventy one, I think he had about three number ones. He was like really, I mean, they were massive, and 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 I did, and and again influenced so many bands. Uh, Oasis have always referenced T Rex and Mark Bolan. And I think from sixty five, sixty four, sixty five to seventy six, seventy eight, it was a great uh, era of football for technical players. In my that in my opinion, I mean, great players now. I don't, yeah. you know, I don't say he's not, but I. I mean, there were some great players, and some of them players would would love to be able to play on pitches what they play on today. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when people talk about how fitter the footballers are today, how the game has moved on, I look at it and I go, you seriously must be having a laugh. Football players back then were just as fit as football players are now. It's different. I don't think there's many players today that could have played on the pitches back then, but I think more or less every player back then could play on the pitches of today. I think there's a fundamental difference there. I, I think I, 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 it's a great point, that. But the problem the problem back then to what they are now is the drinking culture, what were going off in those days. You know? Yeah. Where, and I'm not saying they don't drink today. I'm not saying they don't because there'll, be, there'll always be some. Mm. That, that that's the only difference, an advantage they would have. But but like anything else, uh, if these were playing today, if if we if, if the players were playing yesterday were playing today, yeah, you know, they'd be playing in today's rules, wouldn't they? So they they knew what they can do and what they couldn't do. Mm. But again. Players of yesteryear, yeah, the, there was a, a drinking culture and they did go out and like a tot. Uh, none more so than my pal Alan Hudson. But Udi, because of his lifestyle, knew that he had to put more into training than anybody else and loved his training. So Udi would be first in, last out, and he'd he'd run it off. Yeah. You know. Well, I mean, there were lots of players I saw what drank 
Yeah, I mean, I tell you what, I, I used to think, myself, how have they trained like that today, some of them? Absolutely. And then you get some of them, what couldn't do it? Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, my, my mate Bales up at Everton, he, he couldn't do it. Yeah. I mean, he, he he was a good player with Bales and he got a great left foot. Whereas Pat Vandy now could, could do both. Yeah. Yeah, you know, absolutely. That's what, pushed, that's what pushed Bales out eventually, you know, because Pat was a good trainer as well as a good drinker. I remember Ruddy telling me a story about when Arsenal, uh, Stoke went to Arsenal and, and beat them 1 0. There was a player in the Stoke City dressing room who couldn't tie his boots up. <laughs> yeah, but he, he had I, to get assistance. I, I were playing at Derby County. Yeah. I playing at Derby County. Mm. And we played at Ipswich uh, Christmas time and we played QPR Boxing Day. Yeah. We got a draw we got a draw up there and we had to, I think I got sent off and Don Masson got sent off. Yeah. We finished up with nine men. But we played it switch. Right? We're playing cards until five in the morning. I mean mm. I went drinking like Charlie to a Charlie. Uh Charlie, Colin Todd, Jerry Daly. Um who else was in it? Me. There's another one of the other players. And we're drinking one five o'clock. They had that mm. grosh, they were on wine. Yeah. Right. Uh we had to be down for half eight, nine o'clock to have breakfast and go for a walk and that type of thing. We beat Ipswich 2-1 and Charlie George scored one of the best goals I've ever seen in my life. We yeah. beat Ipswich 2-1. And when I tell you drink, I mean, there would have been, if there'd have been breath tests, like these jockeys get breath tests. I know footballers get breath tests, but jockeys get breath tests. But if, if, if in my day, if you got breath tests, there'd been loads of players that wouldn't have been able to play. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I did say, you know, on a Monday morning at Mitcham, they would, I don't think any of the players would have would have passed the breath test, and and Dave Sexton he he smelled the the alcohol on the players. He'd be listening to what they've been getting up to the weekend, and he'd take them down to Epsom. They'd run around the uh, the race course. That was the that was the training to get it out well, of them. Ball would in his thirties when, yeah. when I joined Southampton, and we gone to we gone to uh, Marbella. I, I mean, I did have a drink. I mean, I don't drink beer and I don't drink uh, lager. And I have been drunk about eight times in my life. Maybe not as many as that. Maybe five, five times in yep. my life. Um, that was one of them in, in Marbella. Uh, we went back at three o'clock. Was it three o'clock? And then we got back up at four o'clock. Went back out and come back in. A, you know, he's talking to me in bed, and he said, "Are you asleep?" But he was talking about when he used to visit prisons when he played for Everton. He used to visit a prison in uh, Preston. Oh, and we got back up and went back out again. He went golfing, right? I couldn't, well, I got it taxi and I couldn't, I, I felt shocking. Mm. And I had to come back, right? So uh, they went golfing. And then we played Manchester City that day uh, on the Saturday when we come back. We came back Thursday, I think Thursday or Friday, I'm not quite sure. We trained in Manchester Friday uh, and we beat Manchester City. So, but a lot of, a lot of teams did it. A lot of teams yeah. did it. But it, I tell you what, if it had been birth tests in those days, Mm. They wouldn't have been allowed to play. Absolutely, I mean, Udi and uh, and Bawley went out, and, and uh, the the taxi driver basically uh, it's on one of the podcasts. But the the taxi driver that brought them back grassed them up because Don Revy had everybody on tap. Where uh, Udi and Bawley were out to the early hours in the morning, and next time they had a get together, Revy called him in and uh, asked him if it was true. Udi looked at Al and um, at Bawley. Choose where I've been. Choose where I've been. There's been plenty of it ever Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sheffield went. Uh, you know, it, it, it's incredible. But a, a good chunk of them did 
train hard. Absolutely. And, you know, they didn't let the team down. And we're world-class players, too, yeah. you see. Yeah. When you look at your Baller, your Hudsons, and your Charlie Georges, and yourself, you know, I know you didn't drink, but, you know, world-class players. Uh, next book on the uh, book corner, Stoke City. When Stoke City nearly won the league by Jonathan Baker. I'm looking forward to getting this book. We did uh, talk about it last week. It's on the back of World Soccer's latest publication. And uh, there's a picture of Waddington, Wad the God, and uh, Green off and Hudson celebrating a goal, that iconic picture where Ruddy's leaping up to uh, to Jimmy. So I'm looking forward to doing a podcast, I believe, as well with uh, with Jonathan. We have done a podcast, me and Ruddy, when we talked about the 1975 Easter Monday game where Stoke City beat Liverpool 2-0. And uh, we then talk about the season as a whole. Stoke City that season had four broken legs. I think they uh, 49 uh, points they got. Derby County won it on 53. They were a Nats whisker away, as were Sheffield United, as were a number of other football clubs in the 1974-75 season. I think well, going QPR in... were another one what nearly won the league. Well, they did. I mean, QPR actually won... Well, they finished top of the league in 1975-76 season, but Liverpool well, had Liverpool, to go and play yeah. Wolves, yeah, and, and, and Liverpool done them. But uh, the 1974-75 season of Stoke City, the year I'd like we to pick nearly up on, won the I'd league. Like... I'd yeah. like to pick up on something what you just said there. Go broken on, legs. Yeah. I played at, uh, coming back from injury, I played at, uh, in reserve, me and Inch in Arnold, and the kid broke his fibula tibia. Yeah. Uh, the goalkeeper come out. But you don't hear that now, do you, Bre- broken legs? No. No. You know, not when, when not we like playing, you used to. You know, like <laughs> you just saying Stoke City had four broken legs in one season. But yeah. you don't hear that now, people breaking the legs. I don't think there's the contact in the game, though, TC, these days. So possibly that. There's more broken metatarsals because of these ridiculous boots boots that they're wearing these days than actual broken legs. Well, you say that, Gabby. You will say that. I mean, Jock Jock said to me, so what do you you think? I said, I wish I could have played in them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there's boots you used to have. I'm not saying they were heavy boots. Don't get me wrong. But there were... I mean, you put these boots on, and it's like you're putting a glove on, and you feel, yeah. you feel the ball. You know, it's as though you got the ball in your hands with your feet. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. You feel quite comfortable with it. It's like putting slippers on, isn't it? But I, but you're right. What you're saying that's that's why they get the, you know because obviously we're tougher to get get through, but it was a tough a tougher lever. Absolutely. And we used to dub in our boots back in them days as well, TC, didn't we? I yeah. mean, they are like putting carpet slippers on these days. But, you know, fair play to them. The game has changed slightly. And uh, finally, Andy's pick uh, this week, Samat Busby, the man who made a football club by Patrick Barkley. Uh, an oh, un- brilliant, brilliant reporter. I like, I like to, and I like to listen to him talk, uh, Patrick Barkley. Yeah, you don't hear as much from him now. He's retired, but uh, absolute master of his craft. Uh, I've got a few books from Patrick. Well, he used to do that uh, thing on a Sunday morning, the uh, yeah. papers. Yeah, they, they don't do that now. They no. do something else, and I don't bother watching them. But it's, a, it's, a, it's an erosion of all the older journalists and footballers etc etc and they want the new people the younger kids on there it's almost as though they just want to entice the younger viewer in and it's just watered down 
And I'll listen to lots of it, and I think it's absolutely crap. Well, but I, I don't listen, listen to, to Patrick it, but all I, I day long. I understand anything else. You know, they're trying to get another, they're trying to get the younger another younger audience to, to come through. Yeah. So I do get it. Don't get me wrong. But when you when I, I used to I used to like that. I mean, I'm not a massive lover of reporters. Yeah, hold the because, back page, you know, wasn't but, it? But Patrick Barclay mm. and who was a Scotch guy. He was brilliant, the commentator. You know, I could just you he. You McAvoy, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I used to love to listen to them because they spoke well about the game, yeah, and they spoke uh, spoke honestly about the game. You know what I mean? And I think that they had a great command of the game as well. You know, you listen. They to had a lot of respect young... from players and all. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. TC. So, uh, Samat Busby, the man who made a football club, and it was a toss up whether he was going to go and manage Liverpool or Manchester United. But at Manchester United, he was allowed to build a football club. And what a football club he built. And Andy always gives me an on this day as well. On this day, the 14th of January, uh, Matt Busby announced his retirement after 23 years in charge at Old Trafford, um, effective at the end of the season. Was he 72, 74, 72? uh, 72, I think it was, wasn't it? I think it was 72. I uh, mistakenly didn't put the date. It was the 14th of January. Um, But yeah, I mean, what a dynasty he left. Sadly, Man United are not a patch on what went before them under either Busby or Fergie, but that is often the case. They faltered when Samat gave up and they faltered when Sir Alex has given up and you know, not but that's up, only but down to one thing. Yeah, it is, yeah. absolutely. absolutely. How do you thing. replace, though, those managers? I am not in, I, I, I'm not into all this, uh, how the, they're unreplaceable. If, 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 if they would have got one of the best managers after, after um, Busby, uh, also said that they wouldn't have got, carried on. But mm-hmm. I'm sure when Fergie knew, when Fergie knew, we all know he's going to retire at some point. Again, he did it because beginning of the season, said, didn't he? Yeah, I'm mm. sure. I am sure before Manchester City became interested in Guardiola, I would have bet yeah. Guardiola um, would have loved to have gone to Manchester United. Absolutely, and I'm I'm amazed that they. I mean, they they repeated the same problem because you look at the they should have had Conte in. I know you're not you, a fan of Italian football, but you look you look at you look at the managers that the, the and yet the that they've appointed two managers. Like I've won major trophies, yeah. Van Gaal, yeah, yeah, and um, and, and Mourinho, yeah. But I, I tell Tom and, said, and I tell John, you know, when you manage Real Madrid, yeah, it ain't about winning, you know. No, it's winning trophies. in style. It's winning in style. Yeah. And Manchester United have got to win in style. Barcelona yeah. have to win in style. Yeah. You know, you know Manchester City. Yeah. They're going to have to win in style when whoever takes over from Guardiola. But when you've got owners like this, and if they're still there, I guarantee you, they'll find another Guardiola. Yeah. You know, so uh, it, it is difficult, and I'm not saying it's not difficult, because how do you follow Fergie? You don't have to follow him, because all you've got to do is try to keep winning and, and, and playing attractive football. And if you get the right manager in, you know, um, then you've got, you've got a better chance, haven't you? Absolutely, TC. Uh, strange but true, Steve Grizovich once cleaned bowl. To listen to the rest of this podcast, please go to www.patreon.com forward slash SRB Media.
or just follow the links in the description. Thank you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.